As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show podcast on The Athletic Podcast Network. It's the Basket Buds edition coming up on today's show. Pat Riley has some confusing thoughts. The Nets and the and the Pacers have hires to their coaching staff. The uh, the old George Carl Demarcus Cousins feud is going up, and we'll talk about a probably way too early start to the NBA season. Bruh. New York strips thick. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. Favorite athletic writers. Hey, mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to Basket Buds. I'm Zach Harper. Jay King is here. Mo Dakil is here. We got Trevon Edwards here. Jade Hoy is producing and pushing all those buttons. And guys, I hope you don't have vacation plans because there is a proposal from the NBA Board of Governors meeting in which we may be starting this thing up December 22nd, which is like a week or two weeks into free agency. That's just, it. Just devastating. <laughs> just devastating. <laughs> to steal a question from Jay King, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening? I know we're trying to make money. I know we're trying to get back on schedule. I know that there's somehow this proposal says that they could earn an extra $500 million by bringing this back at this time instead of later. I'm not going to pretend to understand how that could happen. I'll just take their word for it, I guess, because one of the, you know, when's the NBA ever lied to us? One of the the governors ever lied to us? So I'm sure that they're completely truthful here. Jay, like, this doesn't feel like enough time. I, I want to rest. If I want to rest, I imagine the players want to rest. LeBron's got to be so pissed. He he just spent, <laughs> there's no way he plays on Christmas, right? He just spent four months in a bubble to win a championship. And then the NBA decided, you know what? We're going to just start this whole thing over again in two months. You're not going to get the proper rest for your body. The only team that should be really, really excited about this is the Warriors. They, they've they been out of basketball for what seems like 17 decades. And I assume that they're pretty happy to get, get going. But a lot of the teams that went deep in the playoffs, that is such a quick turnaround. I'm thinking about some of the guys who are banged up, some of the guys who – it got injured like two month off season. The the quickest free agency. It's going to be like free agency, then straight into training camp. 
this is going to be madness. It's going to be a sprint. It is going to be ludicrous. But I thought I thought the bubble was going to produce a lot of bad basketball too, and it really didn't. So maybe it'll be okay. Um, Trey, now there are a lot of teams that haven't played, right? Like we, you know, the the delete eight haven't played since March. Um, you could throw in the teams that didn't make the playoffs as well, right? So that's another six teams. So now we're we're up to you know almost half the league, plus the teams that got knocked out early and like real early, like the Sixers, the Pacers, right? Like they're teams that that got bounced early, so they've had enough of an off season. If it's the majority of the league that has that has had enough time off, but all those teams aren't very good, like is this a fair way to do it, or does fair just not matter because we got to get this thing back on track? Fair doesn't matter because money needs to be made. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think the unrealistic start of, what, December 22nd, and then we get some Christmas games, it's going to be great for, you know, the world. I mean, everybody loves basketball and how good the bubble was. I'm interested to see if they're going to do multiple bubbles, if they're not going to do bubbles at all, and then just do, um, you know, these press box seats and then social distancing areas for fans to come in or it's just a big they get to play in their arenas and and they have to just have an honor code but it sounds like a mess if you do a non-bubble system i say if it's not broke don't fix it yeah so mo i i think that you know the so the proposal is december 22nd we'll have christmas games they don't let the nfl squeak in there and try to you know try to steal christmas from from the nba uh although two years from now i think christmas is on a sunday so good luck with that nba but um but you have this 72-game proposal. They'll be done in time for the Olympics, all that crap, right? Now, even w- though they're lopping off 10 games, um, I still think you're going to have to see back-to-backs and four games and five nights and all the stuff they've tried to eliminate in the past because they are trying to get this back on schedule. So, Mo, like, what is – what's the – like – <laughs> what <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out like how many things to tackle here like like just uh, i'll just re- repeat what the fuck mo <laughs> yeah no it, it, it comes down to a lot of things one you're going to have this crazy schedule i lived it during the lockout season right we had 66 games and we started on christmas right. day we had three games in a row we had four games in five nights you had this crazy schedule a lot of travel and things like that what wasn't big then that's big now which i would expect a ton of in this season is a crap ton of load management right like you're gonna have a whole different set of guys sitting out games like you're talking about you know will lebron even play christmas he'll play christmas but you might not see him till after new year's at that point you know like there's (laughs) gonna be a mix of all these every team is going to manage their guys you know and if you know we don't know the number of games we don't know the setup we don't know you know, I think we've heard stuff where they might play a series of games, right? It might be a, if Denver comes into L.A., they're going to play both L.A. teams. They're going to basically get four games in and then bounce out and never have to come back to L.A. until maybe the playoffs and so on. And that only works in certain areas, but it's just going to get kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if we have enough to really go on everything. And part of me wonders, too, if this is a little bit of a trying to negotiation ploy right trying to make sure if if we can't get this we're definitely going to get started by mlk day sure yeah i get that i mean i do think you know i I think you have to look at what baseball did i guess it depends on if they're going to do bubbles or not like at least they're not waiting around to see like hey maybe this vaccine's going to kick in and we can put fans back and stay like that's not happening 
Like they're at right. least punting on a good chunk of that season, having fans in the stands and maybe they'll get them back to the playoffs and that would be cool. But I don't know how much faith you put into that. I guess maybe it, you know, it depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks elsewhere in this country. You know, just saying a <laughs> couple of weeks, you know, very important to go out there and vote on if you haven't done that already. But, um, but I like Jay, I, I think you can look at what baseball did and what the NFL did and like they got COVID. Right. Like they got COVID. And so if the NBA is going to travel, but try to work it to where these these teams stay in the cities and then never come back to those cities unless they go to the playoffs again. I get it. And I don't think it's a terrible idea. But also there's not a lot of ways to make up games if you screwed this up. Right. And they get COVID. So if we're not doing mini bubbles, um, I think you have to have built in that like some teams may end up having to forfeit games. Yeah, it could be. Teams end up with different number of games than each other, and they just have to go by, you know, percentage of of games won. I I do think it's it's very different than the NFL because obviously the NFL plays once a week, and if a few guys on the team get COVID, you miss that one week, or maybe you reschedule for a couple days later. You can't do that in the NBA. Games come too quickly, especially with this season going to be a sprint. Like Mo said, there are going to be more back-to-backs than they've had recently. They're going to be just really, really cramming these things in. And you you do worry about a COVID outbreak. I, I do think baseball kind of, after uh, a few weeks where it seemed like their, their whole season was teetering on the edge, they kind of pulled it together. Um, and The NFL has been not great, and I think it's – Really a fucking disaster. Yeah, I, they just don't care and they just blow right through it. And I think it's really impacted the the play of certain teams, including my beloved Patriots, who are in <laughs> absolute they, shambles. Wait, I, didn't, I didn't check. Did they do okay against my 49ers today? I just could, I, I didn't get a chance to they, check the score. They played great. Cam Newton was oh, okay, awesome. Cool. They cool, really yeah. ran through the 49ers and yeah, lost. Yeah, Jeff Garcia was a big fan of Cam Newton today, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Baker, Baker Mayfield was great, so... Cool. At least that happened. Welcome to the Athletic NFL Show, starring Jay King, <laughs> Baker Jayfield, Baker Jayfield, man, five oh, touchdowns. Wow, but, yeah, against the Bengals, but sure. Hey, l- let me have that one. Um, but but yeah, so the the NFL, like it's a it's been a real issue for them, and that like if NBA players aren't going to want a, another bubble, if coaches aren't going to want another bubble, and I think it was really tough on all those guys to be away from families, everything for as long as they were, then there are going to be some risks involved and it's going to be riskier than it was in Orlando. Trey, if, uh, if we have an opening night ring ceremony, but the game ends up being LeBron and Anthony Davis watching Talon Horton Tucker, just like ball out because they're in street clothes. Cause they're like, fuck this. We're not playing this early uh, after, <laughs> after winning a title. Is that a special ring ceremony? Can you still, is that still a fun night or do the ratings just plummet after that? Oh man, the rain, the ratings will be bad, but I don't expect LeBron to leave it out on the floor. You know what I mean? I think he'll play. I mean, he started working out soon as he won the next day. And I mean, that's what he normally does to stay ready. So I don't think that he's going to make any excuses um, when it comes to that point, you know, and, if he needs to be like further down in the season, then he'll miss some games in the middle, but not for the opener. You know, I think it would have to be something that his body is telling him what to do. But overall, you know, he he's going he's going to be the one player that's going to be ready for the turnaround, the quick turnaround. Mo, you mentioned, but you know the oh, go ahead. Well, you know the one thing that I kind of find funny is 
I'm not, I wasn't convinced even before hearing whenever we were going to come back, I wasn't convinced that LeBron was going to go all out this regular season. Like he did, you know, the, the, this past season, like I'm not, I was, I was expecting him to kind of return to the Cleveland LeBron where he doesn't play defense on every possession and doesn't try. Maybe that one seat's not as important this year, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, like I, I almost felt like, you know, they got in the chemistry, him and AD know what they're doing and, and the guys are bringing in for the most part, they're going to be the same team. Like I'd almost feel, I was, I would have been surprised if LeBron was going to go ultra hard this season anyway. So I kind of, I think this gives him more of a reason to be like, eh, yeah, I think he could, I think he could look at it and be like, Caruso, you're in a contract here. You got it. You know, you got this. You got this. <laughs> here's the ball, gonna, Alex. Yeah, here's, a, here's the ball, Alex. You're good. Um, Mo, Dion, you mentioned that, you Dion, mentioned this that is you, your chance. <laughs> well, you mentioned that, uh, that you've been through this, like, you know, through this shortened season before during, during the lockout shortened season. What did that do for preparation? Like, how did that change things? I mean, it was chaotic. Like we basically found out right after Thanksgiving that the NBA was coming back. I actually didn't have a team at that point, got hired from by the Clippers the following week, and then just immediately dove right into, you know, preparation, figuring out what we're doing, who we have. And we were in the midst of, you know, trading for Chris Paul that year. We we had Chauncey Billups off the amnesty waiver. Like we were building this team on the fly while we were getting ready. We had uh, a training camp. And this is the other thing that I don't think people really realize if they're going to play December 22nd, they're probably starting training camp, like December 5th, something like that. You know, be, it's, yeah. you know, like it's, it's not going to be, you know, they're starting that early. I mean, that's less than what, 40 days away. I'm, I don't, I don't how, know. How hard is that anymore. on a coaching staff? and video staff when like you're changing up your team like that because free agency is going to be what late november early december yeah i think i think it's a week after the draft coaches aren't going to have much time to react to whoever's on the team and i know there aren't too many high profile free agents but there are going to be some guys that change the landscape for teams and will change the way teams play at least a little bit how tough is that Mo, when, when you're in the middle of it and just everything's kind of going crazy. No, it's really tough. It's challenging because when you have a normal off season, you ha- first off, you know, you have free agency, you have trades, things like that. You're able to work through the next two months before training camp, you know, as a coach, as a staff to kind of start sorting through things. And there are projects, you know, coaches, when you have a new guy, you're showing them all their pick and rolls, whatever, their defense, whatever they're special at and kind of running through the film and trying to get the coaches as acclimated as possible to his game so that we can start incorporating him into our offense. And now you're going to be doing this in like a two-week span. And to your point, Jay, even though there's probably not going to be a ton of free agency movement, I think there's going to be a crap ton of trades. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to change a lot of things. I mean, we're going to go from draft, no summer league, no – mini camp for the rookies or anything like that free agency right into training well, camp like that's just going to be a whole mix of I stuff. also wonder like can you you know can can they maybe do kind of what they did with with the bubble and like expand rosters a little bit or expand you know like like try to find ways to because there's not gonna they're not gonna do the G League this year right like there's no point in doing the G League if they if you can't like travel easily and stuff like i can't imagine they would spend the money to test and do a g league in the bubble so i wonder if they can work something out with the the players union you know in the, in this next week or so 
in which it's just like we're going to expand rosters to have like more two-way players except those two-way guys will just count as like minimum roster spots right like there's got to be a way to do that that way because if if you look at like what the nfl did this year um you know the no preseason everything like there have been so many major injuries right because there isn't time for proper preparation stuff you don't get a time to you you know not having training camp a proper training camp proper preseason for the nba like you were putting these guys at risk physically. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. I mean, but that's kind of the same stuff we were talking about with these guys going into the bubble, right? Like how much time did they need to prepare to, to get ready for it and stuff? I think you're going to have – you're not going to have a, a, any season in any sport without injury, right? Like this stuff's going to happen. And regardless of that, it's going to be a question of how well guys have taken care of their bodies now. I mean, starting now, they need to kind of get into that mental preparation mode of like, okay, I need to start getting right and getting ready to roll and and being prepared to play. It's, it's going to be a challenging thing. I'm with you on the extending the roster. You know, maybe instead of just having an inactive roster, just have the full 15 guys available and things like that. It's it's just, I'm fascinated. I'm, I still want to hear the whole the whole plan before I go too crazy on them. It, um, I mean, is there any way this works out? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, how do we feel? Like, I know the NBA, like, Trey, I know the NBA built up a lot of credit with the bubble, but this is different, right? Like, this is not like, all right, we have we have these safety nets. Like, there are going to be fewer safety nets if they do this without putting it in many bubbles. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know how to take this. Like, honestly, like, I'm excited. I want basketball to be back. I just don't trust the players you know what i mean like especially the certain type of players that's not abiding by if guys can't do rookie transition programs i don't think they can do anything outside of the bubble especially with the back-to-back games the travel you know the different things the more freedom they have than football players and you know man it's but like to piggyback off of uh I think it was what Mo said was about uh, the transactions and everything. Man, it's going to be a Royal Rumble. This is probably going to be one of the craziest years because guys are trying to make their team better in such a quick turnaround. Um, But also the 72 games, man, trying to fit it right before the Olympics. Like, it's crazy because we should not care about the Olympics this year. We sh- we shouldn't we shouldn't at all. Or are we seeing our our G League players there, our best G League players, right. and have them play? But you know, with the NBA falling one point five million uh, dollars short of revenue, um, that 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 plays a huge role. And it, of course, obviously, it's about. I mean, sorry, one point five billion short of revenue projection. Um, it's all about the money. Despite who cares about the players, I mean us as media and you know the fans we selfishly want this to work but like i'm scared of injuries i'm scared of you know and even though the teams that were bad that were out they still needed to be um they still need to rest you know what i mean the players that were playing at a high yeah. level that were in the bubble for 106 days so um this is going to be a challenge but we have been wrong before we weren't 
you know, yeah, I mean, I was completely and, against this, but I didn't think the bubble would work at all. Right. It worked so perfectly. We, yeah. So, th- so things can go way differently than expected. And I, I really don't want to die on a hill about this. I really want basketball back. I really want everything to work. I'm just curious to see how it works, especially they say, for example, I think the, the most example that's been used is, okay, you're playing against the Knicks. You'll also play the, the Nets that time. And they'll just kind of package up those dual city teams. You know, like if you're in California, you just play all the California teams to just knock it all out. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's that's kind of interesting. You know, it to is see how the schedule yeah. rolls out. Yeah, more yeah, like baseball sure. series. So you right. limit the travel at least a little bit. But but the, yeah, there's there are so many questions. Games, if they miss games, though, like, you know, when baseball did it, they were like, well, we'll just do these like, you know, truncated Double headers. You can't do that with like you can't do a double header and then be like, all right, I we're only gonna play headers. three quarters for this, for this NBA game, or maybe you just play this, like first to hundred, right? Like, <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Dave's not here. This would have been perfect oh, time for him to start Elam screaming. Elam ending. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. The gauntlet's been thrown. I expect it. Just like Pat Riley expects to see an asterisk next to the Lakers or the Heat or something with this championship. I don't know what the hell Pat Riley's talking about, guys. Pat Riley came out, and these were these were the comments that he had about this Lakers, uh, this Lakers championship, right? He says, they were the best team, but there's always going to be asterisk, that caveat. If we had Bam and Goran, Goran was our leading scorer in the playoffs at 100%. It could have gone to seven games or whatever. But thank you for reminding me. I appreciate that. But I'm not going to look back on it. I'm just going to look at all the positive things. Get Goran healthy and Bam healthy and bring everybody back and try to add to the mix. And then he said this to kind of clarify. The asterisk is next to the Heat's name, not the Lakers. Their title is legitimate. Our loss has an asterisk next to it. The Lakers were the better team, period. What? The hate what? is real. The LeBron vs. Pat is going to go to the grave. And first of all, they got smacked by 30 in one of those situations. Yeah, where you lost. Look, I thought the <laughs> right. Heat were, were going to win if they were healthy, right? We lost by 30 in, the, in game six. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this this was a bad look from Pat. You can't roll it back and say there's an asterisk on the runner-up team. Because guess what? There's an asterisk on the runner-up team like they would have been the champion if they were healthy. Then that means there's an asterisk on the champion too, right? Like It has to. Right. It doesn't work both ways. You can't Trey, just... Trey, make it make sense. It there is sense. no way to make sense. I think it's just the hate is real, you know, and he was just trying to trying to double down on like, you know, in a not 
he tried to clean it up. He already had messed up and he tried to clean it up with the asterisks on his team. But it's like, no, you lost, you lost. Injuries or not, it doesn't, that's not how this game works. You don't say, oh, yeah, we're going to give you, we're going to cut the tra- trophy in half because some of your players got hurt. No. Yeah. You no, know what I mean? Like-, like, you gave it your best shot. You guys lost. The better team won. Go on about your business. Don't cry about it. Figure it out. Go get better stars. Do whatever you got to do. But at the end of the day, the Lakers, rightfully so, deserve this championship. Let them enjoy it. Don't all these press runs and these quotes from other people. I don't want to hear it. And then it seems like as much as I don't want to hear from Lakers fans, I don't want to even talk about Jordan in this situation. I'm going to let LeBron bask, do what he needs to do. Anthony Davis, take all the pictures you want. I don't care, dude. But as soon as we start training camp, slander's back but right now I think it's <laughs> and it's sooner are you ready Trey are you getting warm oh, yeah, it's gonna come back sooner listen I, listen I am a, I am a Jordan apologist and I know it like at the end of the day but I'm not taking away from LeBron James he was damn good easily the best player in the league yes he didn't win MVP yes he didn't win defensive player of the year but he Ended up with the right trophy that he really wanted and that he really cared about. Now, right, as far as what he's going to talk about on the shop, I don't know if I want to hear it. But, <laughs> but oh, he's definitely going to be dismayed. This puts me oh, listen, two no, times first ahead of, of Jordan. All, that's what it's going to be. First of all, I'm, I don't know how he can go over the 2016. Like he said, when I did that, I knew I was the GOAT. Like, I don't know how you can one-up that one, but this one might be interesting because I know it's going to be a Kobe story in it. I, listen, he might as well parked up and uh, sold Kobe merch in front of the house, in front of the Staples Center, as much as he I, wrote that sign. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad he delivered. I found the I found the argument, Trey. I think it's going to be, well, you know, when Jordan, uh, when Jordan filmed Space Jam, he came back and lost. I filmed Space Jam. I came back and won. So that kind of puts me ahead of him. He he speaks the truth, man. What? <laughs> well, 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 before we what? go into uh, 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 Jake or Mayfield over here, um, the Riley thing, which sucks about it is this is the, the – I would have never expected this from Riley. You know who I would have expected this from? Probably Daryl Morey. Right? Wait, like you would have never. <laughs> Pat Riley had to be talked out of writing a Dan Gilbert esque letter after LeBron went back to Cleveland. No, no, yeah, but it's not even about the LeBron stuff. It's it's the competitiveness level of it because we can look through all of these championships. Toronto Raptors should have an asterisk, or actually, according to Pat Riley, Golden State should have an asterisk. Right, they yeah, not help. Toronto, but the, you know, uh, that, Cleveland. The first like the time they played in this scenario becomes infectious. It becomes like yeah, it's no, not a it's pandemic stupid. infection, but it's like, yeah, I caught it too. You can't have one per- one team in the finals with an asterisk and the other one doesn't get it. No, it, it, and, and the honest truth is there is only one team in all of sports who deserves an asterisk next to their title. And that's the cheating ass Houston Astros, <laughs> right? Like they're the only ones that des- that have earned it and they're special that way. That's why they get the asterisk. Well, then wouldn't all those Patriots they Super cheated. Bowls? Because I'm sure they cheated too, right? The James, Patriots never cheated, man. Oh, never cheated. Okay, cool. You got to prove bet it. The rules you prove it. I got think it. we did. <laughs> they, they just bet the rules. Still up in the air. But overall, though, like you, you can't take this away from the Lakers. This is part of it. This is injuries. This is what happens. Plain and simple, you know, and, and Riley knows this. He's experienced it when he was with the Lakers, Lakers coach, when those guys got hurt against the Detroit Pistons. It's just the way this thing goes. It was really disappointing to see it. And then his just 
it just didn't make any sense that it's like, oh, it should be on the runner up. I'm looking at basketball reference. They don't list a runner up for the season. It goes champion, MVP, rookie of the year, and that's it. There ain't no runner up. Where he screwed up is, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done. Where where he screwed up is just using the A word. That that word is a trigger, man. (laughs) As soon as you throw asterisk out there, people are going to be pissed. And I think it, it was totally fair for him to say, I wish I wish we had Goran and Bam healthy. I think we would have challenged the Lakers, maybe had a shot. But for him to bring out the asterisk, no, no. Because first of all, like with the Warriors last year, we, we knew if they were healthy, if they had Kevin Durant healthy, and if they had Klay Thompson healthy for that full final series, they were probably going to dust the Raptors. With the Heat, we don't know that. They played great to get through the Eastern Conference. They were fantastic. But the Lakers dispatched everyone. And it wasn't like the Heat were like some big favorite that dealt with injuries. They were a underdog that got injuries and then got clapped in game six. That you thought sucked. Yeah, that, I, I underrated still, them all along. He still does. He still thinks it one, one of Baker J. Field's lowest moments. But. <laughs> one, of the, one of those I just looked right at the linebackers I threw to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of those. Should have hit the check down instead. <laughs> Um, I look, man, I just don't know. Like, it reminds me of of Rick James saying, No, I never dug my feet into his couch. I got more sense than that. Yeah, I remember digging my feet into his couch. <laughs> like, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> like that, like Pat Riley just talked to himself in circles. That's all he did. He just he he lit a fire and then he's like, oh, I bet I could I bet I could put this out with some lighter fluid. Like, that's all that was. That there's no sense to anything he says. The asterisk is next to the Heat's name. Like, come on, I've been I've been riding with this Heat team, but I can't I can't defend those comments. They're just does stupid. that mean you have to leave Heat Island? Man, Heat Island's forever. They're going to oh, win the championship boy. next year. Um, all right. Speaking of trying <laughs> to win a championship next year, the Indiana Pacers hired a new coach. It's not going to affect their championship odds. They still are not good enough. But the Brooklyn Nets put a hire to their coaching staff, and so we have Nate Bjorken who is the assistant from Nick Nurse's Toronto staff. Uh, He's been all over uh, the G League and everything. Um, You know, a very good assistant coach, uh, but he'll get his first head coaching job with the Indiana Pacers. And then the Nets added to Steve Nash's coaching staff, Amari Stoudemire. Um, I don't know. I Well, all right. Kevin Pritchard had some comments about like, you know, Nate, Nate's great at being able to find creative ways to get the ball moving and plug guys in. It's what he did in the G League. Like, he'll be able to do it here. And my thought was like, so you're not going to take any responsibility for this roster not being good enough? <laughs> Pritch, like, what are we doing here? Well, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. You know, Sorry, it's going to be this my- sans Victor Oladipo who's trying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and who knows what they can get for him. Maybe they can get some. I don't know, but... The funny thing to me about, you know, whenever you hire an assistant coach with no is never coached in the NBA as a head coach, it, it we don't know what they're going to be. We assume they're going to be great. You know, there have been many assistant coaches who became head coaches who I thought like, oh, man, this is a slam dunk hire. This guy is going to be awesome. And they didn't make it past year two. You know, it's one of those things. We're just going to have to see how it goes. It's smart for Indiana to kind of go this route, I think, a little bit out of the box, not use the retread guy and. You know, if you're going to take from a staff, you might as well take from one of the more, most innovative coaches in Nick Nurse. But, I mean, 
I don't know really what to expect from him yet. Yeah, I uh, I've had an issue with some of the things the Pacers have said in the wake of firing Nate McMillan, how they wanted to get a modern NBA team and how now, now they're going after a modern NBA coach who can embrace pace and space. It's like, guys, 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 guys. Two of your best players are Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. Who, if you if you want to build That's this all star Demontis Sabonis to you, J.K. But I'm saying, if you want to build this modern roster with three pointers and ball movement and all that, you can't be having two traditional big men in the middle, surrounded by a lot of low volume three point shooters. Like it, it's crazy to think that Nate McMillan, who did a great job maximizing what they gave him was somehow not this modern NBA coach, but that if you bring in a new coach and keep the roster the same, that all of a sudden this is going to be like like the Rockets maximizing the math on every possession. It's like, nah, 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 nah. Change the roster, guys. It's the roster. It's just, it's insane to me. And I know Pacers fans completely disagree with this, but I will keep saying it like, how do you look at what Nate McMillan did? And I don't think Nate McMillan is a perfect coach. I have some issues with how they play offense and everything. But how do you look at what that roster is year in and year out and go, yeah, you underachieved. Like. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids and Honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And the, and the the argument's always like, yeah, but he got swept out of the playoffs a couple of times. I'm like, and? The team's not good enough. Yeah. And they were hurt like almost every year. They so, were hurt every time. They almost knocked yeah. out LeBron one year. They were healthy. Did they, though? Or did LeBron just play with his food before he finished his plate? <laughs> it was, they took him to game seven. And? Yeah. No, that that, <laughs> that that Cleveland team was dog food, man. They were dog food. That they Pacers still team LeBron. was dog food. That's what I'm saying. And Nate McMillan did a great job. Bjorken could be a great coach. He Might could be, be sure. a fantastic coach. But I just think the roster needs to change. If you want this modern team, then build a modern roster, guys. That's That uh, would help. Yeah. That concludes our Pacers coverage until they trade Victor Oladipo. Um, or just now, let TJ Warren loose. Sure. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, Trey, I'm interested in the Amari addition to the to the Nets coaching staff because uh, I was I was on the radio the other day with with Amin Al Hassan and obviously he knows Amari and Steve pretty well from working with them with the Suns and he actually was shocked that Amari is a coach. He was like, I never knew he had that in him. He's like, he's got a bunch of business interests and all this stuff. But I, I ne- like, he never thought that that Amari was gonna like move into into this venture. Um, and as we talked about, it was kind of like, look, Amari's been through a lot in his life and in his career, right? And so, if you're gonna get anyone to try to like, kind of play and relate to what you know, two mercurial guys in in Kyrie and and KD like Amari is a pretty good voice to to be able to like say like yeah I've been through this too and this is what I went through and this is how I you know, this is how I can help you get through it well the thing is also when you think about hiring these coaches or these these coaches that have played at a high level it's more so relatability than anything than the x and o's part you know what I mean and when you think about Nash bringing in Amari you have to bring you have to consider his second best teammate that knows him the best and knows his best interests. Obviously, he reached out to Dirk first. Dirk couldn't see himself outside of Dallas. Who else to go get? Go get Stat. Now Stat, you know, obviously, like Amin said, didn't no one seen that coming, but also it's not like a left field thing, you know? Like, okay, he just went and got one of his guys. So now they're the Brooklyn Suns, you know, even you know, you got Sean Marks in the front office. So um who else would they, you know? add over there in that staff. But like you said, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, jokes, jokes aside, obviously uh, people are saying that uh, Amari and Kyrie would have a conversation in a red wine tub. I don't know, but <laughs> I do see it as him. People forget how good Amari Stoudemire was. And then also what he contributes to the game and not him just being some, athletic force you know like he, he was a, he was a very good player at his time and I think he can offer some help to you know Allen and the other bigs that they have the other front court guys you know and his expertise and also you know help KD out on his post post game you know you never know so those are those are things I mean obviously with 
with the style that they're going to have, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really chill and, and Nash is going to be the guy to incorporate things over there. I think it's going to really be as Williamsburg as possible. <laughs> I, I love that Nash and Amari are, are back together on a coaching staff. Those guys were oh. so much fun to watch play basketball together. And, and just the fact that Nash wants him on board and, and he wants to do it like back together. It's just cool to me. I think Amari, like you, like he just, he's experienced so much in basketball. He was like the rising superstar in Phoenix then he went to New York and dealt with the shine of New York, which I think Durant and Kyrie will will both experience more of, even even though it's not the Knicks. I think because it's those two guys, the the shine on them is going to be enormous. So he's dealt with that. He's dealt with kind of sharing the, the floor with another star in Carmelo Anthony under those bright lights. I just think that all the experience he has and then – you know, he, he kept playing. <laughs> he was like a journeyman. He played in the big three. Like that guy never wanted to give it up. So I, I think he'll be a really, really good voice to have in that locker room. And I think that locker room needs as many good voices as possible. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Cause now I got to chime in. Okay. Uh oh. Who's, who's, who's going to be. Who like Jack Vaughn's just going to do all the coaching. He's going to do all the scouting. He's going to do all the reports and all of that. Like they're just at a certain point, you actually have to have assistant coaches that know what they're doing in the sense of game planning and things like that. I get it. Amari's been through a, a ton. He can relate to the guys on a personal level. That's the same pitch we got with Steve Nash. At a certain point, you need to have guys that can put game plans together and understand it. Like Trey, I want to push back a little bit in terms of, you know, he, he's not going to make DeAndre Jordan that much better. There are completely different skills. You no, know, like he'll make Amari Jared. was much more explosive. He could do a lot. Yeah, it, was, it was more so on Jared Allen. Uh, but I don't even. But I don't even know if if, if Jared Allen is that is 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 really going to be able to be what Amari's no, thought. No, well, no, no, that, no, 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 like, no. Like Amari, but, but, Amari was great at like pick and pop. He was great at face. Like he, like he knew how to, you know, the screens he set and how to like when to slip and when to flip and everything. Like, like he was great at all that shit. Like I think that stuff Jared Allen could definitely get, you know, benefit from. I just think at a certain point you're loading up the staff with guys who have never done this in terms of coaching, and, and, and it all sounds great and it sounds nice. Even bringing in this would have been my same criticism if he brought in Dirk. You know, it's the same idea, but at a certain point these guys have to do the work night in and night out. You know, constantly. And it's one thing if it's Steve Nash who's like, okay, I'm just going to be the the guy. I'm going to relate to everybody this and that. I at least assumed the rest of the staff was going to be. Coaches with experience. I mean, they have Jack Vaughn, who's I think now the highest paid assistant. Uh, I, I don't. I think I read that somewhere, but up there. And then you have, you know, after that, you're just going to have a bunch of other guys who don't do scouting reports, who don't work on reports, who aren't going to put in the hours. Like there's a serious grind to it as an assistant coach that you got to put the, put in there to kind of put the but game why, plans but why together. Are we We're talking that about. They won't. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that Amari is going to do it. I'm not sure if Nash is going to do it. These guys are guys who've never really expressed that much interest in coaching, and then all of a sudden they want to do it now in this scenario. It's, it's just interesting to me, Zach. I don't. You're right. I, it, it's unfair of me to make that assumption, but I, I don't buy that that's just going to happen. And I don't understand if I'm not fully convinced they know what they're getting into. In terms of this, we're just talking about how hard it's going to be and how quickly you have to turn around your prep right now. You know, this is going to be a whole situation. You're going to do this learning on the curve with a team that, 
you know, whether fair or not, they're going to have some sort of championship expectations, right? Oh, for sure. They like, should. Yeah. It's, it, this is going to be, this is, this is a really spotlight thing. Like I, I just think they're really kind of digging themselves a hole. I'll, I'll, I will eat crow or whatever the phrase is if I'm wrong and they, and they kill it. You heard it here. Like, Mo Docule will eat a live crow if whoa, the whoa, Nets whoa. are 500 or better this season at any point. Wow, 500 or at better any at any yeah. point. Oh man, oh, that's going to be tough. But okay, no. Um, but I just think it's there's a whole lot more to this on the, the the back end of the coaching side that I just think they're really kind of putting themselves in a very interesting hole, which. You know, great for us. This might be phenomenally entertaining, but like, I just think they're putting themselves in a weird position in terms of their staff, in terms of setting up for but, success. But it's just one former player without coaching experience on, on as an assistant, right? So you're this is kind of you saying you doubt Steve Nash is ready to be a head coach. Is that fair? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, no, I, I, I definitely think so too i think that's an issue i mean it's it's you know it's it's hard enough it's not just one when your head coach doesn't have that experience either it's it's a challenge now i think steve nash could be great but again it's one of those things it's like the guy in indiana we don't know what it's going to look like as a coach and let's be honest when was the last time a, a superstar player was a great coach larry bird like what was you know like there's there there is a track record of guys who have been stars who have tried to coach and have fallen flat on their face. And I'm, I'm concerned with that in, in, for the Nets. I'm going to watch every second of it because it's going to be phenomenal TV. I mean, Mark but, Jackson was a good coach and a really good player, right? Like now I, he's nobody I would want coaching my team now. But in terms of like having success, like he was a good coach. See a Hall of Famer, a basketball player? I mean, not Hall of Famer, but like he he's an all like he's fucking like third and assist or something right like he's like you know he he was he was a great point guard like he wasn't an yeah, so all fame so, point guard but like he's like he stuck around for a long time and was a part of some very important teams and a very important part of Jason it. Kidd's an NBA champion okay, so. Jason Kidd's an NBA champion <laughs> as the greatest coaching move of all time when he told someone to knock his drink out of his hand you know <laughs> okay so we're just gonna go with the one example because i'm ignoring the jason kidd one there from uh jaker mayfield no but all um, right doc rivers no experience comes in he was a very good player right steve kerr very good role player but, comes are, in. are they at steve nash's level what does that matter though um, i mean we, we've just seen it over steve, and over steve again nash wasn't, guys steve nash wasn't a silver spoon like coming to day one it, like he turned himself into a hall of famer right like that i think that shit matters it's not like it's not like rick barry trying to coach Rick Barry but, but like, came out. And he th- was it, like he was the shit at every level of his of his play. Like Steve Nash wasn't that, but like you know, Magic was terrible, right? And Magic, Magic's a guy. Like this is my concern with Steve Nash is at a certain point he just looks at it and goes, "Man, what the hell did I sign up for? Why did I give up?" I just you know, what I imagine to be I a disagree. great. I life. disagree. I disagree. You know? I think that he's going to be really chill. He's a sec. I mean, as a point guard, you're secondary coach on the floor anyway. I mean, I think the more so the headache is what they figure out what they want to do. Are they going to send Dinwiddie to, you know, potentially to the Clippers or do they keep Dinwiddie and have to deal with Kyrie if Kyrie goes off the rails? And I don't really want to make Kyrie always problematic because when he's good, he's good. But again, just balancing egos. And I think Steve will be good with that, but then also um, have his teachable moments. And then who's the associate head coach over there? Is it 
Who did, who did they bring up? Bring it's Jock yeah. Vaughn. It's Jock Vaughn. So like emergency break glass if he needs Jock Vaughn to step in. I don't. I just. I, I'm. I'm not putting too much yeah. thought into it that he's going to fail. That Plus much, you heard you, know you know heard I mean? Kyrie. Yeah, you heard Kyrie and KD. Sometimes some days Kyrie will be the coach. Some, some days, days Amari will be the coach. Jock will be the coach. You know, like <laughs> is that not even more scary? No, so now like, sometimes Amari will be the coach. Like I think they're good. And some days they got too be many coaches. One day Trey's going to be the coach. One day Trey's going to be the coach. Like come on. Continuity matters. It, it's important. And speaking of coaches, <laughs> oh, well, to Mo's point, I think, I think that this Nets team actually has a lot of basketball stuff to figure out too, because obviously Kyrie and KD, if if they're both healthy, I think they should be an awesome, awesome offensive fit. That offense should be extremely high powered. But with Dinwiddie. With Levert, like you have other guys who need the ball, and I do think there's a chance that there's a major roster overhaul with the supporting pieces there. But like, like there are definite basketball questions. It's it's not like Steve Nash is going to go in there and it's going to be this obvious blueprint is laid out for him. Like, nah, nah, you you really need to to figure some things out with that team. Yeah, but they're also deep. Like, they do have a lot of options. They can make moves, right? Like, it's not like he's taken over the Rockets, right, who have no flexibility. Like, they've they've got a lot of – like, I think they have a lot of things to do. Maybe that makes it a little more complicated, but I actually think that makes it easier because you can play around with combinations. Like, you can you can do that early in the season. It's Brooklyn. Like, no, they're not going to get hit. Like, they'll get attention – but they're not going to get hit with like Knicks media attention. Like it's not that. I think you're I wrong think- there because I, I think with Durant and Kyrie, those two guys behind maybe LeBron, they're like the most ignitable stars in Man, the league. When they Everything they say and matters Pierce a and lot. They had Darren and all that shit. Like it was supposed to be. Uh oh, here comes the scrutiny. Like no one gave a shit in New York media. Like no one cared. It was like interesting at times, but it wasn't this constant wave of media. Like it, like I think it's gonna be the same thing. It'll now when Kyrie says something dumb or Katie says something dumb or they go on a three game losing streak and you get you know rumors and whispers or whatever. Like yes, there will be stories and there will be more, but it's I don't think it's gonna be this like constant one of the brightest spotlights in the league. Like I just don't think that's how the Nets are covered, even with these two guys. I I don't know, man. Kyrie says some stuff that's gonna have everyone talking about it for all sure the time. but like did anyone give a shit about them this season no because he was before hurt he and hurt. they were nothing no, but before like, he got hurt like they're, they're, that attention wasn't there but i felt like they were less interesting without kd i always thought they were going to be the, the really the time they were going to be interesting is is now when they have both kd and Kyrie. because i want to watch them play it's not necessarily plugging play with just the two of them like it's not like kd sets a ton of screens you know and so Kyrie's going to be the the screener and things like that like there's going to be a lot of stuff they got to figure out and i want to watch how they navigate that and i think that's where they're more interesting they weren't going to be interesting this past year with kd sitting out that's not true like Kyrie could have been fucking weird right and like weird but like not to the point that i'm going to tune into every game I would have just caught the highlights on on, on Twitter with the weird ass stuff he says. <laughs> Maybe, but like the New New York media would have been like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna be locked into every game. He might do something weird. He might say something weird." That's just not how it was. Well, he only played like it's gonna what, be there, but it's, games, I just, it's not gonna be this. I, I maybe maybe, but we'll see. Kyrie, I'm telling you, Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie is everything. Follows Kyrie, man, like. 
like he just ignites firestorms left and right. And in New York, and I know it's not the Knicks, I just feel like everyone is going to migrate over to Brooklyn because those two guys are going to drive far more headlines than whoever the Knicks have planned for them. Um, all right, one more bit of coaching news is uh, George Carl threw out a uh, threw out a little uh, Demarcus <laughs> Cousins snake emoji tweet. Um, is this is Trey? Is this what we need from George Carl? Do we need this right now? Do we need twenty twenty? George Carl just come out here. It's still holding a, an axe. We definitely didn't need it, but it was there, and <laughs> you know it's the most twenty twenty <laughs> response I possibly could have seen and when you think of it that way i mean hey it was it was laughable and the fact that they both still feel the same about each other like that way hey it is what it is but it was definitely a a great joke it was good yeah i mean he was um it it was hoops hype tweeting out your first name is the player you disliked the most 10 years ago your last name is the player you dislike the most now go and his quote to was just demarcus cousins (laughs) (laughs) they didn't even play the game (laughs) why why like what are we doing like why i just don't what was there to gain for him you know i just don't understand it and you know it's like all right man it's it's kind of old manish get off my lawn type like come on yeah i'm kind of with mo on this one it was just so unnecessary like you don't like demarcus cousins you've had issues with demarcus cousins you used to share a locker room with demarcus cousins why in 2020 do you have to bring it up? It's been four or five years since those guys were part of the same team. There is just no need to throw DeMarcus Cousins under the bus. And you're kind of proving his point that you, you're you a snake, man. Like, just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just sit your ass down and, and hold your jokes to yourself and, and keep DeMarcus Cousins' name out your mouth. Actually, I'm kind of in on it now. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, yeah. I love it. Because like, at the end of the day, at least he didn't – he stuck to the script. Like, petty? Stay petty, dog. Like, take it to the grave. There's going to be some players just like that. And it's like, yo, I really just don't like that guy. And that's great because it would have been like, uh, I didn't think that was going to happen if he said, like, I liked him or something. But, they're, you know, he stayed consistent. Cool. They didn't have to like each other. Perfect for me. I like how mature DeMarcus Cousins said the right thing and didn't really like acknowledge it too much and just tried to highlight and drop this video of him working out and going about his business. And I hope Boogie, you know, gets a chance to do what he does. I'm not sure if he accepted that Laker ring, which he could have, or, you know, See, I, I, did, I didn't like that he didn't play the game. I wish he had, he had gone back and like, I, he, it <laughs> well, was the mature like response. Yes, I like the yeah. It was the mature response, but DeMarcus, I don't need you to be mature. I need you to, I need you to stir the pot just like George Carl stirred the pot. Yeah. You want the, you want the chaos, you know, and <laughs> what has that ever but not think- worked out for everybody? It's a good point. We did get probably the greatest rant of all time on this podcast. With uh, Jay King not, not on it, but one of the best podcasts we've in- intros I've ever heard. Well, that wasn't even like that was just obvious that the the Heat were going to beat the Bucks and beat the <laughs> that Celtics. was that was tough that tough was moment obvious. for me. I got tough I moment. got ambushed, man. <laughs> you did, you did, and then he just kicked you off. He didn't give you ch- Jay, Jay didn't give you a chance to respond. I felt so I, bad I had to get him a gift card, man. <laughs> I yelled at 
she did. King, and he then emailed King me. Booted him Mo from the emailed car. me a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. <laughs> I said, "Man, this is brutal. He needs this tomorrow." Um, all right, based on what uh, what the uh, the NBA is trying to do, I guess we'll be back next week for you know training <laughs> camp coverage of the NBA season for the 2020-2021 season because they're just fucking coming back. There's nothing we can do to stop this train. The NBA's decided, no, let's just make this a true year-round sport. Not even just like, hey, there's always news. Like, no, there's just always going to be games. That's what we get. Uh, thanks to Javon Edwards, Jay King, Mo Dakil. Make sure you check out Mo on Bleacher Report uh, with his writing. And, of course, you can uh, listen to him on these podcasts right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Just like you can listen to the rest of the Athletic NBA show the rest of the week with tampering, hoops adjacent, point of contention, and nerdishy wrote. Check out No Dunks. Check out all the team-specific shows. And subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash NBA show. Get $1 a month but it's only for the next week. And then that offer is going away forever. I don't know. Don't wait around to find out. I'm Zach Harper. Thanks to Jade Hoy. This has been the Athletic NBA Show on the Athletic Podcast Network.